When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Live from the District Parkway Tavern, this is the Kevin Kruger Coaches Show, presented by Finlay Toyota. Also brought to you by Boyd Gaming. Experience life rewarded with Boyd Rewards. Proud sponsor of UNLV Athletics. And by Finlay Chevrolet. Finlay Chevrolet is your home of the Woo, located on the 215 Beltway between Rainbow and Jones. Now, here are your hosts, John Sandler, Curtis Terry and Steve Cofield. Welcome once again, Parkway Tavern here at the district at Green Valley Ranch. Runner Rebel Basketball, the Kevin Kruger Radio Show. Runner Rebels coming off the victory last night over Akron and uh, now getting ready to head back out on the road next week as they will go and take on the top team. Uh, preseason, at least, in the Atlantic 10 Conference, the Dayton Flyers, next Wednesday. John Sandler, Curtis Terry, Steve Cofield, and head coach Kevin Kruger with you. We're at uh, Parkway Tavern. Great specials going on, $2 Miller Lights. And uh, come on down early, if you can, folks, and enjoy their happy hour. It's the best deal in town. Uh, $2 off uh, all the drinks and 50% off appetizers and pizzas uh, from 3 to 6. Just a great deal and a great spot. We've got a nice crowd on hand. Uh, to talk Runner Rebel basketball, and we'll probably talk a little bit of football as the Rebels play in the Mountain West Conference Championship on Saturday at noon at Allegiant Stadium. But uh, first order of business is uh, talking about last night, and Coach, uh, 
Uh, I said to you right before you came on the air on the postgame show, 39 great minutes. And you said, well, maybe 38. But it, but it was. Uh, the first half was really terrific, and uh, the Rebels maintained it most of the way. We'll, we'll, we'll deal with the end of the game uh, in, in a few moments. But just in general, give us your impressions of last night, the effort, the execution. Yeah, I thought it was a, it was a really good game, uh, a really good approach, really good intent, really good energy. And uh, like you said, I mean, for you know, 37, 37 and a half minutes, I think we played like the team that uh, we've kind of expected to have and, and thought we could have. Uh, you know, confidence and swagger was, was hit a little bit early, but, uh, you know, to go out and, and that team's going to win a lot of games. They're predicted to win the MAC, the MAC. They've got arguably the best player in the MAC, which, uh, as most basketball fans know, is an incredibly tough and underrated conference. So to have them down 18 and, and playing well and sharing it, uh, it, it was just a really good, a really good night. And then, not just being coach speak, but you know, it really—I don't think it could have turned out better in a lot of ways. I mean, obviously, if we would have been clicking on all cylinders for 40 minutes, we would have loved it. But to to be in that situation where it's a three-minute game, it's an 11-point or three minutes left, it's an 11-point game. You know, we're kind of seesawing back and forth. It kind of just gives us an opportunity to talk about what we need to do next time. When then in those last three minutes to either secure a win or what we need to do to make sure we get the looks we want and the stops we want. Kurt, we spent a lot of time in the pregame show yesterday talking about uh, the uh, the work that was done. And Coach Kruger talking about how he, he was getting back to work, his staff was getting back to work, his team was getting back to work uh, after the Florida trip, and that work paid off. And you could see the, the payoff right from the get-go. Yeah, no, I think that was important. And obviously, when we left Daytona Beach, I mean, that's that's what Kevin said. They're going to get back to work, and, and they're going to enjoy the holiday, but it's time to get back to work and fix some things. So, Kevin, my question for you is, I mean, looking back on having that week to prepare, for you guys, what stood out that your players did well that allowed you guys to go out there and execute the game plan but also play probably your most complete game of the season? I think just kind of taking a deep breath, really. Um, you know, like I said, we've had a couple of moments right now in the early start of the year where our confidence was hit a little bit. And... Uh, you know, but to take a deep breath, get back to work, get in the gym. You know, as you know, as a player, one of those things, you can't just tell someone to be confident. You can't tell them to be aggressive. You know, you can't just do those things just by, by orders or by being commands. So, you know, you got to get in the gym. You got to shoot. You got to attack. You got to get through trial and error. You got you to take those opportunities to, to get better. And I think that's what the guys did because, as you said, uh, you know, the, the, the preseason Mac favorite is, uh, is not somebody that a lot of people sign up to play. Right. And But this is a group that – that we we wanted to take in and play against uh, those types of teams and and like you said probably our best overall game I mean up there with Pepperdine and with that said obviously I mean your guys they, they reacted to it well because obviously they played well in the court but how did they take to it during those course of those six days I mean was there some dog days for them were they tired were they kind of just begrudgingly getting through it kind of what was their attitude and their mentality as they kind of went through those six days yeah I mean they knew they knew it was going to be uh you know two hour practices competing the whole time um you know, we just didn't. Have, we don't have time, or didn't have time. We felt to to rest. You know, or you know, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't a time where we were gonna, you know, do anything but focus on getting better and competing and uh, and you know, diving on the floor and and physical drills and and just doing what we can to get ready for an Akron team that we knew was really good. And they, and I think the guys showed that they understood and appreciated how good they were too. In a game that that featured some terrific moments uh, at both ends of the floor. Uh, I think the biggest shot of the game was Webb's first shot. Uh, we talked about how he was has been struggling. He's a guy who's such a leader on this team, both on the court and off. And and for him to to 
to come off that little flare and on the left wing and, and catch and, and just knock it down with no trouble whatsoever. Uh, not only did I, you know, you talk about confidence, get him going again, but I think it got everybody going. Oh, no doubt. You know, we, you know, Webb's got to be somebody who's aggressive and looking to shoot it. And, uh, you know, up to this point, he was at 19%, and that's not something that, you know, he's used to. So it was one of those things where he's got to keep shooting it and, uh, because uh, to be a good team, you know, he's, everybody's got their role and their thing, that thing that they do uh, better and to help team, the, the team win games. And for Webb, it's spreading the floor and making shots. And I think last night was a, a great step toward kind of his, uh, his uh, form that he was in uh, for the majority of last season. But if you remember last year, too, I think he was 0 for even going into the Thanksgiving break so it, uh, there just must, must be something about thanksgiving holiday that, that loosens him up <laughs> he's like that pitcher who can't get out of the first inning he's, yeah but uh but it was great to see and it seemed to be contagious because five different guys hit shot hit threes last night isaiah stepped out early and knocked down a big one and and i know that's a big part of your attack it is i mean anytime you can uh, space the floor out and, and drive and kick uh, and make plays for each other uh, you know, you got you got a better chance to win the game. And so Isaiah stepping out and knocking down a shot, DJ hitting a couple early, uh, Lou hitting his first one, Webb hitting his first one, um, Jackie coming in hitting his first one. It was just it was a it was a, a very good I thought offensive performance for us, for, uh, kind of in completion. And uh, uh, and to win games, that's what we're gonna have to do. We're gonna have to drive, kick, and shoot shots with confidence, and uh, in the game with a lot of assists like we did last night. CT, what did you what did you like about the start of yesterday's game? Other than the, you know the rebels making shots, which we we spent a lot of time talking about. Making shots was a big thing, um, but I think they they just they came out with a focus. It looked like they were committed to playing defense and and not just playing defense, but playing team defense. Right? They all were moving on a string. Anytime there was penetration, um, obviously they were rotating, they were closing out. Um, it just seemed like the, they were refocused, almost like Kevin said. They had to take a breath and just kind of refocus on the task at hand. Um, and I think it just flowed well throughout the game. They were great on defense. They created a lot of shots for each other offensively. They knocked down shots. But it just looked like it put them at ease knowing that they didn't go through that week of practice and, and nothing came of it. Obviously, they played well. Um, and that just they continued to play well as the game progressed. How important, Coach, is it that you had that week, you worked as hard as you did as a group, and you got the payoff, and you got that payoff early in that game? Yeah, I think it's just it, it's a great step towards back toward being the team that that we think we can be um putting in the work getting that step back forward uh again against a very good team you know it would have been a you know if we'd gone in timid uh we would have lost um, there's no ifs ands or buts about it if we'd gone in and and been hesitant or, or and not aggressive then then we would have lost and uh that's the way this non-conference schedule was set up it was set, set up to challenge us every night and and that's what's happening we're getting challenged in different ways every night and we just got to get better and learn and, and, and put ourselves in position to win uh, everyone we can. You had to make an adjustment early. Uh, you tried Caleb, who had a terrific game. We'll get into that later. But uh, yet you, you tried Caleb one-on-one on Freeman, and you talked about how skilled he is. Can go either way, uh, long arms, great touch around the basket, uh, has, has that mid-range that also – uh, but but he was able to get to the rim twice on Caleb early along the baseline, and you made an adjustment, and the double team was really effective. Yeah, I think when we, when the guys uh, went aggressively in the in the double team and, and forced Freeman to, to pass it and and kind of be on his heels a little bit, then uh, then we got the possessions that we wanted. Um, when we went timid, though, he still made plays. I mean, he still finishes nine of seventeen, but there were a lot of looks that I think probably would have gone in 
had to, had the guys not worked so hard to, to kind of get him off his spot to, to get him unsure to an extent and uh, and because of that I think at the end of the day um, that's what ended up kind of being the difference was uh, allowed us to get a little bit of separation was uh, that ability to kind of keep him on his heels and uh, keep their offense on on its heels a little bit yeah on the uh, the TV call I was marveling at some of the finishes I mean he had, he had one where and this is Freeman where uh, Caleb was in good position. He got pinned deep, but it, both of his arms are up, and the kid just jumps up and, and uses went around his right him, hand yeah. and goes around. Yeah. Like, that is a great play. I, I also was commenting on, you guys have played some really good post players. When I watch them, I'm like, I don't know how they're at this level anymore, how Freeman is still at Akron, how the, the Oban Gattaretti, is that how you say his name, who was at Stetson? I mean, that, yeah. guy, that guy could easily be playing in the Mountain West or higher. Yeah, I mean, and you see Stetson, you know, uh, you know, we, we, we build a 26-point lead on Stetson with an opportunity to continue – that separation and then they go in two days ago and beat and win at central florida big 12 team so you know the the pieces are there we've just the, the confidence and the swagger just kind of needs to catch up you know we need to do it and, and stick our chest out a little bit you know we need to do it and and uh, and kind of get a little grimy if you will and just kind of be a little nastier and uh you know not be so apologetic at times and uh but uh again it you know in in the three games we've won so far with Pepperdine, you know, building an 18-point lead, Stetson 26-point lead, last night with Akron 18-point lead. I mean, these are things that the guys need to recognize that, that that's an accomplishment. But then we just need to continue it from there and, and finish it out better. How do you drill your big guys on finishing and, and finishing to contact? Because I think sometimes, like I saw a play where Ice went up and kind of got pushed where he's fading with his left hand. I mean, he's a big guy. He's 240 pounds. Or even Caleb, I think there's a lot of times that he can dunk. And, I, listen, I'm not going <laughs> to drill someone on how to dunk. But, I mean, he, he's so explosive. There have been a couple of times. I mean, Florida State was big. But they blocked him at the apex uh, maybe because he didn't go in hard enough. How do you drill big guys to kind of get tougher and go, you, you got to finish through contact or you got to draw a foul? Yeah, it's just balance. I mean, we talk – and, again, I'm not going to lecture anybody right. on how to go dunk it. But No? You know. <laughs> not your forte? I can, you know, do as I say, not as I do. But, uh, you know, but there is an element like even, you know, being an undersized guard. You have to be to the rim. You know, you have to – unless you're going to shoot, you know, a floater or a kind of what we used to call the koozie hooks for all of the older people. Yep in the room but uh you know if you're not going to do that it's got to be at the rim it's got to be quick you know we used to do quick finishes that was something we did every day with uh, coach henson and uh you know you know that's just one of those things it's no different for the bigs you got to go try to dunk it you got to be at the rim you can't worry about shot blockers because the farther you move away from a shot blocker the better shot blocker they become right yeah and uh, other things you talked about sort of on a general level and i love hearing that get a little nastier get a little bit more more swagger grimy was the word grimy get grimy. grimy We're going we're gonna to have to figure out exactly what that means, but the Rebels need to get grimy. What are some other things you can learn? And, you know, you mentioned it, and we talked about it on the postgame show last night. Great lessons to learn from that game, and, and maybe the way it ended uh, is, a, is a, you know, a blessing, is a good thing, because there are lessons to take from it in a W. What are some other things you can take from last night? Well, I think, you know, we, we've now been in a situation now three times in the three games we've won where we've had that, that cushion. And you know that that's not when the, that's not the time to take your ball and go home. That's your that's the time to you know ramp it up because Akron again we we played three very prideful teams teams that are expected to win a lot of games. Pepperdine's going to do well in the West Coast Conference. Uh, you know Stetson's going to do very well. Uh, you know Akron's going to do very well. These aren't guys that just saw 18 point deficits and said, well this is over. Clearly you know they and they showed that. But you know they they kind of approached it with we're down 18. We got to figure something out. And we kind of approached it with, you know, well, we're up 18. Like, 
you know, almost like a now what, you know, and that's where we got to say, no, 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 this is zero, zero at, at worst, you know, and we've got to, we've got to ramp it up. We've got to take away that, that open look. And even the three of the guy hit in the corner to make it back to 15 Johnson that he hit, it wasn't an easy shot, but could we have, you know, done just a little bit more to make that shot that much more difficult? And, and I think that's what, uh, one of the things that this group's going to continue to build on, continue to learn and, uh, and, uh, and grow from and, and, uh, and but we got more challenges up ahead. And, and, and not to, to put more of a burden on him, but you've got a, a, a young freshman point guard who's kind of leading the, the guys on the floor. And maybe it's natural at this stage in his career, at this stage, to, to say, okay, we're up 18, we're up 26, whatever it is. You know, last year, that meant it was over. And well, maybe it takes a little while to, to learn. That, that I, th- I do. I think there's, a, there's, of course, an element to that, you know, uh, you know, a year ago, there was when he had an 18-point lead. There's no shot clock, right? <laughs> you know, and and that's obviously a big difference because the you know the, as coaches, you know, you're kind of doing the ma- your math in the head. Well, you know, there's three minutes, there's five minutes. This is X number of possessions are heading our way. This is the number we got to get. This is how many good shots we got to get. This is you know we can't be shooting in the first eight set. You know, you you start doing all that math with, uh, which is something he's going to learn along the way. I think you know three minutes left. We got a nine-point lead. We got to figure out you know all right, we got we got five or six good good more cracks at this you know that aren't pick sixes and going to be free we got to figure out what we got to do to get five or six great looks up yeah. and, and that's something you learn through time you learn through experience and uh and uh and i think he's going to be somebody down the line where when there's a nine point lead with three minutes left that's as uh that's as good as good it's as good as done yeah he, he will learn quickly no question about it fans remember get off the sidelines and into eos fitness a proud partner of unlv featuring premium amenities including their turf functional training area move eos cinema Open 24-7, much more. Join for as low as $9.99 a month at joineos.com. EOS Fitness, better gym, better price. We'll get into some of the individual performances from last night's game when we come back. You're listening to the Kevin Kruger Radio Show, Parkway Tavern here at the District in Green Valley Ranch on the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. All right, uh, back here at Parkway Tavern. Valley Ranch, a bunch of ghosts floating around, ex-Rebel baseball players, all sorts of people. They've gone on to, wow, that, that, that's an upset right there. <laughs> Let's just say that. But, uh, no, it's great to see Eric Nelson here. Uh, Coach, uh, coming off the win, and we wanted to talk about some of the specifics last night. I want to start with Caleb Boot. He gets his first start, and, yeah, there were some moments. I mean, everybody's going to struggle playing one-on-one defense against Enrique Freeman of, of – uh, Akron, because that that guy is an absolute monster. But I would imagine six of nine from the field, seven rebounds, twelve points, four assists, three steals, and four blocks. You'll take that every night. Yeah, oh, yeah, we'll definitely wow. take that every night. Um, and I thought I just thought him and uh, and Isaiah did a great job of, of of having a solid, you know, the five spot. You know, we talk a lot about you know being solid at the five spot, being solid at the point guard spot. You know, because as coaches, we just try to bring. Give him the best opportunity to be successful, you know, and uh, and we thought that, you know, Ice seemed to play with a a little bit, you know, of relaxation, more freedom. You know? yeah. yeah, he did. He played, he he played really hard. He played. He looked like he was comfortable and he was happy, and uh, and that's all we really want. I mean, Ice is somebody you root for, so you want him to have fun. You want him to play hard, have fun, and enjoy it. And you know, Caleb starting, and and but between the two of them, I thought they did a really good job. They battled Freeman. Um, as much as possible, but also had uh, big contributions on the offensive end. 
There, there were a couple of moments when Isaiah Cottrell showed some aggressiveness, uh, use your word, some griminess down low <laughs> that I think is something he can really build on and is going to be a big help to this team. Yeah, I mean, Isaiah is, is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, and uh, that's something that we've been talking to him a lot about is, you know, you have a spot to get to, get there, and it doesn't really matter who's in your way. You know, that's that's their problem, and uh, and he's he, he's kind of start, starting to take that a, a little more and more literally, and, uh, and and which which is how we mean it. We mean it literally, that you got to get there, and if they're in the way, that that's okay. But uh, you saw a little bit more of that last night, and I think uh, – the guys are encouraging him to be that way and uh, his physicality, but also his, his, he's really good laterally. And, uh, you know, he doesn't get a lot of, of attention or credit for that. But uh, when, when people run that pick-and-roll action and Isaiah's guarding it, when he's up on the ball, sitting down in his stance, sliding his feet, he's, he's elite. And uh, that's something that is a huge, huge, huge part of this team if we're going to have success. His, his ice presents such a... Uh a unique package of skills with his ability to step out. Rebels haven't had a true stretch for ever. I mean, in a very, very long, long time uh, that I can remember. Snow Dagger. I mean, well. It's the only one you got, really. Yeah, but he was he was like a stretch two. <laughs> Joey Danger was like a stretch three and a half. Playing a five. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, Joey Danger. But, but have you, if things develop, Shane gets healthy. Keelan gets eligible. Whatever happens to give you another piece or two, would you consider having Caleb and Ice on the floor at the same time to take advantage of that ability to have that size on the perimeter? I think so. I mean, uh, you know, with the, it, it's one of those things, but with Shane's injury, with Keelan's eligibility, um, you know, Stetson was probably the first game where, where we really talked about it and really wanted to do it. Um, but at the same time, you know, if you've got both of your big guys or two of your three big guys with Carl out there at the same time, um, they, they, they can kind of disrupt the flow a little bit. If they both pick up quick fouls, if they both, you know, get tired at the same time, you know, it, it presents a, a number of problems that we had in practice. Um, but uh, oh, absolutely, you know, like I said, with any team that has plays kind of two more or traditional or just bigger guys, that's something that we would absolutely love to do. No, obviously, I mean, during the, during the course of the preseason and, and obviously when you guys are constructing your roster in the off season. You guys are thinking of lineups and matchups and situations, but how much whiteboarding do you guys do as a staff of like possible rotations or or what guys are going to play together, or is it just something like we might try a couple things depending on the preparation going into a game, or is it something like just on the fly? You're like these guys are playing good. I'm going to kind of shift some things and see how it goes. Um, more of the former. Uh, you know, we we talk a lot about uh, you know just lineups. Uh, you know, experience, size. You know, I mean. Uh, again, with Keelan's eligibility and Shane's uh, injury, we got small again pretty quick, which right. kind of seems to be the common thread over the last three years. Uh, <laughs> through injury, we we get short pretty quick. But uh, you know, Brooklyn gave some good minutes last night. He's he's going to start expanding his role a little bit and getting more op- more of an opportunity. And uh, and of course, Shane should be back. I think by the time we get to Dayton, it'll be more of a day to day thing. And uh, but it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, you, you talk about, you know, do you have enough ball handling on the court? Do you have enough shooting on the court? Do you have enough size? Do you have enough rebounding? You know, those types of things always are, are always going through our mind. With that said, and you're talking, about, you're talking about roles being defined. I mean, obviously that's important. Can you talk about kind of the role that, that Jackie Johnson has taken on in the course of coming off the bench and just being kind of like that fireball offense and, and just really kind of carving out a niche for himself the last four games? Yeah, I think he's done just that. He's kind of carved out a little niche for himself and, and solidified him, himself as, as what will be potentially a, a six-man or uh, of the year. 
and uh, and he's but he's because he's embraced it. Right. You know, I think uh, through our first six games now, I think you'd be hard pressed to find anybody else who's had uh, the consistency that he's had. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always a threat to score it. Um, he's done an unbelievable job guarding the ball full court. Uh, so when he comes in, you know, we know that we're going to get a little spark. We're going to get a little aggression on offense. We're going to get some good full court defense. And uh, as a coach, that's just really nice to know that you can you can put in somebody like Jackie who's works his tail off, um, loves being at UNLV, loves playing for the, the staff. And uh, so to have that is, 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 is really nice right now. One, one of my favorite sequences was late in the game where Jackie uh, on the offensive end made a play that he knew he shouldn't have made. And you weren't happy. I don't think anybody was happy. And he, I don't believe his feet touched the ground getting from that end of the floor all the way to the under end of the floor where he made a brilliant defensive play, saving a ball and, and, and getting a possession for the Rebels. That was, uh, that was a quick turnaround in his fate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no, Jackie, Jackie knows. And, and it's, it's tough as a coach because you don't want to say, you know, we need his aggression. We need him trying to get downhill. Uh, we need him, you know, looking to shoot it and score it. And uh, so, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to say go, 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 you know, always be on the, on the gas. And then certain times be like, well, stop. You know, it's a, so you got you to live with certain things. And uh, one of the things that we're, we'll live with is Jackie being aggressive. Yeah, and I hope he can keep playing defense like he is. You mentioned in the press conference last night, and I, I – Totally agree with the thoughts of when you have a little guard like that who is covering you right in your face, and they had a little mm. guard too, and you could tell that kid was like, all right, enough. You use the word annoying. You used that word a lot last year mm. about your defense, and I, you'd love to see you know, more guys in that mode of being annoying. Mm-hmm. Well, no question, and, and Kirk can talk about it too. It's a, you know, when your only thought is protecting the ball, you know, then, then, then the whole game plan changes because then it's, uh, you know, the next step is, well, where does this play start? All right, now – now I just got to focus on that, you know, and, and sometimes then, uh, you know, the communication can go out the window. Does everybody even know what we're running? Yep. You know, and that's what I think happened a couple of times last night. Uh, when J- Jalen and Lou had that great trap at half court, you saw for the next four or five minutes, you know, Akron was a little unsure of was it coming again. And I thought that's when we were really able to separate and, and, and provide a, a little bit of a cushion was because we had them on their heels and, and we were being annoying. And I think if you flip it around with uh, DJ, he's kind of interesting. When he gets pressure, there were a couple of bigger guys who tried to pressure him. Um, he handles it pretty smoothly. I almost think he's kind of sucking guys in, you know, because he looks real relaxed out there. And they're like, oh, he's too relaxed. Let me go for a steal. And he's like, all right, now I'm going to go bye-bye. Well, yeah, and I think Florida State was probably his most efficient game, um, largely because of what you just said. I think they thought they could maybe bother him a little bit and uh, – and speed him up, and really it just kind of turned into his game. Um, he was getting in the paint. He was had little floaters. He had layups. He had kickouts in that game, and uh, he had a really good offensive game that night, largely, I think, because they thought they could kind of get up and, and bother him, and uh, that kind of worked out to his favor. But it's like you mentioned, he's, he's almost baiting people into trying to pressure him, and that's when he's going to get his advantage. Um, and, John, you and I talked about the pregame show last night in terms of the Rebels' defense. It had to start at the point of attack, and that's what Jackie was doing. I mean, it's a game changer, and like you said, when I was playing point guard, I hated nothing more than when there was a little guy on the floor and they climb up in you and they pressure you full court because all you think about is i got to get the ball across half court, then we can start to start to play. But when Jackie brings that pressure up top, it sets that tone because then behind you guys climb up in the passing lanes a little bit more, your defense extends, and like you guys showed, you threw that trap at them in half court, then that's all they were thinking about. Is it coming? Can I leave? Can I release? And so, again, some of those gamesmanship in the mind games, it just it's nothing. another tool to add to your guys' defensive toolbox, and I just love it. And it, it sets the tone. I mean, I, I hearken back to last year because 
until he got hurt, led by Elijah Parquet, the Rebel defense was elite, was, was, I mean, leading the country in steals and deflections and all that. But it was because EP was the tip of the spear mm. all over the court. And I think, it, as you said, Curtis, it kind of brought everybody forward. Yeah. It made them elevate the game. And I think when the guys see Jackie doing that, I mean, it certainly affected Lou Rod last night because it was his best defensive game uh, that he's had. And I think other guys stepped up as well. And, and that idea of team defense, it has to get led from somewhere. It does. And it, it's like you said, it sets a tone. And, uh, you know, you're not going to watch your teammate work like that and uh, <laughs> and do all that and then just let the guy casually <laughs> throw it to your the guy you're guarding. You can, it's, but uh, you'll, probably be, you'll probably be sitting next to you. Over well, there. Yeah, <laughs> and it sticks out. It, and it happened once in last night's game and, and watching the film. Uh, with the staff this morning, it was it just stuck out. You know, we stopped it. We talked about it because, you know, the, uh, outside of that one time, the guys just did a really good job of making them start their offense at 30 or 30 plus feet. And um, you know, nobody runs their offense five on zero at 30 30 plus feet. And so that's a huge advantage for us. And, and it's something we got to keep doing. We've got the we've got the bodies for it. We've just got to continue to pick up our pressure. And, and, and just be more of a, a of a physical presence in the backcourt. And, and Shane returning will will elevate that as well. No doubt. You know, Shane's got experience. He's got size. And, uh, you know, he's, he's mobile. He's athletic. And uh, he's, a, he's somebody that can play a number of different positions, guard a number of different positions. So it just it adds another uh, it adds another element to what we can be. And just uh, people might have missed it. Uh, we watched Shane doing some shooting, some light shooting. Uh, well before the game yesterday. The boot is off. You mentioned that you're hoping that by next week and the trip to Ohio, there's a chance, kind of a day-to-day thing at that point. Yeah, I think uh, hopefully by that point, you know, he's walking, he's jogging, and uh, he's moving around better. Um, but it's one of those things that, you know, I think uh, as we all know with ankles, you you get no progress, then you feel like you get a ton of it, and then you, sometimes he kind of slows down for a little bit. So hopefully at this point we're, uh, we're getting there and uh, – like I said, when we're, when we're gearing up for getting ready for Dayton and going to Ohio, that, you know, we're getting closer to a uh, game-time decision. Fans, remember the Parkway Tavern, home of the Kevin Kroger Radio Show, is an official partner of UNLV Athletics and your official home of the Rebels on the Road. With over 250 beers, 24-7 gaming, and seven Valley locations, no better place to catch the game than Parkway Tavern. Go Rebels. We'll uh, turn our attention to the upcoming trip to Dayton when we come back. You are listening to the Kevin Kruger Radio Show from Parkway Tavern here at the District in Green Valley Ranch on the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. Hi, back at Parkway Tavern here at the uh, District in Green Valley Ranch. John Sandler, Curtis Terry, Steve Cofield, head coach Kevin Kruger, Matt Neverett, engineering alongside. And uh, great to be talking runner level basketball coming off the victory over Akron last night. Uh, quickly want to remind people that uh, sometimes the difference between winning and losing comes down to one point. The same is different. The same is true for winning at water conservation in winter. Water only on your one assigned day per week through February. It's not just teamwork. It's the law. Find your watering day at snwa.com. Well, Coach, uh, we talked about the importance of the win last night, getting the swagger started back, getting some confidence, starting to feel better about themselves. Uh, it could not come at a more necessary time because uh, one thing we haven't touched on on the show yet this year is the, the non-conference schedule, and you're about to hit the, the meat grinder portion of that non-conference schedule, starting with Akron, the team, as you mentioned, picked to win the MAC. Rebels at Dayton, the top team in the A-10 next week. Then you've got games right next door here at the Dollar Loan Center Arena, uh, Loyola Marymount and Creighton, a top-10 nationally-ranked team preseason. 
then a, 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 against St. Mary's down in Phoenix in a tournament, a team that some people are picking to go to the Final Four. This is a very challenging non-conference schedule. I know you mentioned that you wanted to have a, a challenging schedule for this group, uh, and, and you certainly accomplished that. What's the philosophy that you and your staff have taken towards setting up this non-conference schedule and, and in general? Well, just having a number of different challenges. Uh, you know, we go into – uh, Pepperdine, then waking up the next morning and going to Florida and then playing two games in Florida. You know, coming back and playing, the, like you said, the preseason uh, MAC champion in Akron, playing the preseason A-10 champion in Dayton, you know, playing a team that's uh, on the rise in LMU and had great seasons um, under Coach Johnson at LMU. And then, of course, Creighton, you know, getting them to come out here and play um, at Dollar Loan is, uh, is, is, is big for us. And then, of course, St. Mary's. I mean, and then Hofstra picked to finish very high in their league as well. So, um, you know, it's just something that we're, it's a different challenge every night, um, but with teams that are either established or, or on the rise as well, and that's what we wanted to throw at the guys. You and I spent some time in the summer talking about the schedule, talking with uh, Director of Operations Deshaun Henry uh, and his efforts because he's the one who sort of physically puts the schedule together, gets in touch with the teams. There are some challenges now to scheduling uh, for the Runner Rebels. Oh, yeah. Yeah, scheduling is uh, is probably the – uh, the main portion of what we do over the course of you know four or five months and uh it's it's ever changing um the calendar is usually the biggest uh, you know speed bump um just because you know you don't want to play on a certain day travel a bunch have not no time to rest or prepare before you get into another one so and that's what everybody's doing and then you throw in the portal you know nobody wants to schedule games against teams they don't know uh, what they're going to look like and, and where they're going to be at so um it's an ever-changing um <laughs> A challenge and, and something that Deshaun and, and Coach Will Saxon and I uh, spent a lot of time on. Uh, the, the challenges of scheduling are unique to UNLV. We've talked about it in years past with the rodeo, with the other events in town. This year, F1 posed a special challenge. Uh, it just makes it a little bit more complicated. It does. It does. It, uh, it, you know, the, the venue availability is a, a big issue and uh, but uh, the fact that we can play at Dollar Loan and, and stay, you know, right here, sleep in our own beds, uh, you know, stay close to the Thomas and Mac is, is great. You know, it's, it's an awesome opportunity to, so for Rebel fans, even though the rodeo's in town, they can still come see us play. And, um, and, and it's a great venue. So it should be a fun week and, uh, and two very challenging games. From a player's perspective, CT, uh, how much attention do you pay to – the, the non-conference schedule as a whole, or is it just, so, okay, where are we going next? Uh, I mean, I think big picture, you kind of notice it, right, in terms of who you're going to be playing. Um, I know, obviously, guys want to maybe get closer to home to, to where they're going to play at um, in, in terms of uh, maybe they got friends on other teams that they want to compete against. Um, so maybe big picture, you see it. But once you get into the season, you, you're, too, you're too busy. You're too distracted by trying to just day in and day out prepare for the next opponent. Um, and obviously, coaching and staff do a great job of preparing scouting reports to make sure that these guys are ready to execute the game plan. Uh, but you obviously want to play the highest level competition that you have because everybody knows that the big picture set yourself up to play a tough schedule to get yourself a chance to make it to the NCAA tournament. So obviously you have your eyes on it, but in the, in the heat of it, the guys are, are worried about who's next up. Um, but then it leads me to question now, this is two weeks in a row, you guys got a week in between games. How do you guys keep them sharp and keep them engaged in terms of making sure that you're preparing to, as we turn that corner to go to Dayton? Yeah, I think that's, that's one of the challenges of uh, – but having an older group is is nice in this in this aspect right now because we can work on things. We got a great week coming up of of prep for Dayton, 
Um, we can also focus on making sure we're healthy. Um, we've got a couple guys that are banged up a little bit. So, you know, it, it, it while it's, you know, we want to be playing games. We want to be getting those repetitions where we can, so we can get better at the same time. Uh, we can use this week to, to do a lot of good things, again, to get ready because it's not just the non-conference. You know, the non-conference really, I think, is just preparing us for what's going to be another incredibly difficult and challenging uh, Mountain West year. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, every game is a different challenge. Um, but uh, at the same time, it's 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 preparing us for the next game. Every game is preparing us for the next one, and that's what's, uh, that's what's so great about our non-conference schedule. Dayton is a return from the game at the Thomas and Mac last year. I know, because I talked to Ryan Miller over the summer, that the Rebels are going to Creighton or going mm-hmm. going to Omaha next year to return that one. Are any of these other games, are there, is there a return involved in any of them? There's not. Um, well, Pepperdine. You know, so Pepperdine will be coming to the Thomas and Mac at some point next year. But, again, it was, uh, you know, last year we didn't have the same uh, luck, in, if you will, in, in getting the home-and-home situations. But, uh, you know, this year we did. You know, Dayton was great to, to agree to a home-and-home. But to get Creighton to agree to a home-and-home is huge for the program. Uh, it shows the growth and the direction the program's going. And then, of course, St. Mary's. Uh, getting St. Mary's to agree to play uh, in a neutral site game in Phoenix, again, you know, they, uh, you know, both sides have to agree to all games. And uh, so, again, it's another step forward, you know, and uh, we're, we're raising the bar. We're expecting more. And uh, I think by playing these teams and playing these games, we're showing that we're, we want to be in the, in the conversation and the discussion for the teams at the end of the year that have a chance to play in the tournament. Yeah, I think the St. Mary's, having St. Mary's on the schedule is a big deal. They've been one of the most consistently successful programs on the West Coast under Randy Bennett and, uh, and, and being able to, to battle them uh, on, a, on a neutral court in the middle of December, I think is a, a big deal for the Red and Rebels in the program. No doubt, no doubt. I mean, yeah, they're one of the most established and consistent programs on the West Coast, as you mentioned, and uh, Coach has been there a long time, and, they, and the guys understand him, and, and they play well together. And, you know, it, it, when you talk about St. Mary's and playing them in the, throughout the summer and the recruiting, you know, that it's, it's met with a, a, you know, a, a lot of discussion, a lot of excitement in coaching circles and in, in fan circles. And uh, so we're really just uh, we're happy we could get that game. All right, next up for the Rebels, the trip to Dayton for a game a week from tonight against the Flyers. We'll get into the Flyers and what they do well in just a moment. You're listening to the Kevin Kruger Radio Show on the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. All right, back at uh, Parkway Tavern here at the uh, district at Green Valley Ranch. John Sandler, Steve Cofield, Curtis Terry, and head coach Kevin Kruger. Time for our Pueblo Medical Imaging feature. Uh, our uh, coaches look ahead, presented by Pueblo, Pueblo Medical Imaging. Rebels uh, head to Ohio next week to take on the team picked to win the Atlantic 10. And, and college basketball fans know Atlantic 10, Mountain West, probably the two best uh, non-Power 5 conferences, if you will, uh, in the country. And so uh, Rebels uh, know just how good Dayton is. Got a, got a handful with them last year, able to come from behind a game they were trailing at halftime, uh, come from behind and win that game, but they've got a lot back, uh, including uh, Deron Holmes, who's uh, an all-conference player. Unfortunately, for the second year in a row for Dayton, they lost their outstanding point guard to an injury, uh, Mikhail Smith, but, uh, but they're a talented team. They're well-coached, and uh, on their home floor, they are going to be incredibly tough. They are. I mean, it's a, the guys are going to walk in, and, and the guys have seen it. You know, everybody that we have on our roster has, has played in big-time venues, but, uh, you know, it's going to be 15,000. They're going to be, you know, 
swinging from the rafters from the start of it. They're going to be excited. And, uh, and that's, again, it's, it's exciting for the group because it's another challenge. We get to go into a hostile environment and, and play against a very good team. So we get, we get to see what we're going to do. Um, and we're going we're to have a lot of adversity through the game. So how are we going to handle it? And how are we going to figure out how to get things done and, and play for each other? And, uh, and, uh, it's, and that's what I think is the most exciting part of it. What's your recollection of the first meeting? You guys were down 10 at the half and, and rallied. Um, I thought a lot of it was due to energy in the game, but uh, what do you remember from that game in terms of adjustments and that you can carry forward? Yeah, I thought early in that game last year we just uh, we played hard, but we weren't competing. You know, it was, it was, there, there's a difference. And uh, while, while our guys have almost always played hard, it's, uh, you know, there's a little different intent when you're competing for results. And uh, I think, uh, you know, initially we got a little bit of a, you know, they came out and swung and swinging and hit some shots, and we kind of got on our heels a little bit, and then we, we kind of – rallied a little bit and realized you know we can play with these guys we can beat these guys we just got to do we just got to pick it up a little bit we got to play a little harder and uh i thought once we kind of settled in a little bit we had a really good finishing kind of what 30 minute stretch yeah rebels uh as i said came from behind and that was one of the the marquee victories for for a rebel team when it was healthy last year that uh that got off to such a such a terrific start uh, in terms of preparing for dayton how much of this week you mentioned a lot of time will be spent just trying to get guys over some nicks and bruises that they have. Um, how much of this week is spent in general prep? How much of it is spent specifically on date? Um, yeah, we'll start. I mean, we'll start slowly adding things. Uh, it won't have to be kind of like a cram, uh, like for an, for a test, uh, just because of the short time period. But uh, we'll spend the next, you know tomorrow. We'll spend just kind of working with the guys, watching film, uh, kind of have a regular practice, and then we'll start mixing in some mixing in some date and stuff probably the day after and. Uh, and it gives us a little bit more time, and um, and that's something that going to Dayton, I think, uh, uh, the way the schedule worked out, even though we wanted to be playing um, this weekend, it uh, it's not the end of the world. Any concern about the tip time, nine o'clock Eastern time? <laughs> nine o'clock Eastern should you know six o'clock to our body time. So uh, hopefully they'll be a little more tired than we are. Yeah, hopefully we'll see. But uh, the should be a great game. That's a week from tonight. The Rebels taking on Dayton, the Flyers uh, from their beautiful arena. Uh, and a, a top team in the Atlantic 10. It'll be 6 o'clock Las Vegas time. We'll be on there at 5.30 with Run and Rebel warm-up. Fans, remember the friendly staff at Pueblo Medical Imaging, eager to take care of all of your radiology needs and offering same-day and next-day availability with top-of-the-line state-of-the-art equipment. They're open seven days a week with early morning and evening appointments to accommodate all patient schedules. Take a break, recap a little bit, talk a little Rebel football when we come back. I hear there's a game this weekend. We'll talk about it a little bit. You're listening to the Kevin Kruger Radio Show from Parkway Tavern here at the District of Green Valley Ranch on the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. Hey, fans, remember, Intermountain Health will be part of your Las Vegas life and here to help you live an even healthier one. Intermountain Health, official health partner of UNLV Athletics. John Curtis, Steve Cofield, head coach Kevin Kruger, talking Runner Rebel basketball, and we'll chat about football as well. Rebels coming off the win against Akron. Uh, another tough one coming up next week, Coach, but uh, a little spring in the step now after that win. No doubt. Um, uh, you know, another good step, uh, building confidence, but uh, uh, this is a group that understands, you know, can't be too high, can't be too low. We just got to get ready to get our work in for, for Dayton. So uh, Lady Rebels went on the road tonight. Tight game until about five minutes left. They won by 16 at Northern Arizona, so they win 85-69, to 69, and we should announce about 2 o'clock today, 
it was released, and I was just talking to AD Eric Harbour about it, that the Arizona game on Saturday, well, they planned on that for a long time, and they have it in the Thomas and Mac. They want to get a big crowd, right? Some Arizona fans there as well. Well, all of a sudden, it was going head-to-head with the improbable. You know, no one thought that football would be in the Mountain West Conference title game. So they've actually, long story short, they bumped it back to 5 o'clock so people can go to both the football game noon and uh, 5 o'clock Lady Rebels game. That's good. Rebel football in the Mountain West Conference Championship. I know you want the Rebel basketball team to get there as well, but it's a, it's a tremendous accomplishment, Coach Odom and his staff. Without a doubt. I think it's a, it's as a incredible and remarkable as a season as anything, you know, following UNLV athletics for 20 years now that, that we've seen. And uh, I saw, you know, he's a finalist for National Coach of the Year, and I, I, you can easily make an argument of why he deserves it, and, and nobody can look at you sideways. You know, to, to, to have the year that he's had and, and the, the program to have the year they've had is when you can put him up, up there with any other coach in any other season that, that was had across the country, and, and he's got an argument. And um, so if I ever had a vote, he'd get mine. To bring it back into this context, given what's going on with the Mountain West and the Pac-2 and the future of, of college athletics and how it lines up, uh, with two more conferences having TV contracts up in the next couple of years. How important is it for run a Rebel basketball that Rebel football is successful? I would imagine, you know, everybody helps everybody. Yeah. You know, I think it's just, uh, you know, as we know, football across the country is the, the most visible sport um, it, nationwide. So, you know, for them to be doing what they're doing and what, for, what the momentum and the, you know, just the, the, the kind of the, the presence that Coach Odom has that, that makes you want to root for him and follow his team is uh, is great for the university. And, uh, yeah, and I think uh, as everything's moving and shaking at all times, it's uh, it's just a, another step forward. And, and uh, I think, uh, you know, UNLV is something – it's a national brand and, and it's it's only getting stronger. Yeah, it's a crazy story because um, they won a lot of coin flip games. You know, they, those, are the, those are the games that make a difference. Um, they had three games where it could have gone either way, and in the past they just weren't winning those games. And I, I, I feel like San Diego State was that program where you would watch them in football, good defense, you know, play a close game. They always won. They always won. And now Barry Odom and the staff has them winning close games. And then there's crazy stories on the team. You've got Jaden Maiava who was not scheduled to play this year. I mean, he's a backup, and he turns out to be the freshman of the year because Doug Brumfield gets hurt. The kicker story is insane. Jose Pisano basically was dropped off here by – uh, Petrino and like everyone at the time was like screw that guy and he, he leaves the, the Lou Groza award winner um, he turned out to be the special teamer of the year in the conference Barry Odom's the coach of the year in the conference Maya was the freshman of the year in the conference the kids he brought in from Arkansas I could go on and on it really is an, it's an incredible story and, and one that's been really cool to follow and root for yeah no doubt. I mean, you talk you talk about the coin flip games. You know, Vanderbilt go down and win it. You know, Colorado State go down and win it. I mean, just you know, even having a chance to win the game at Fresno. You know, just I, I was sitting there in the end zone against Air Force. Air Force has the ball on the yeah. nine yard line with a triple option with four plays. Like you don't win that game. They did it. They did it. They found they've just found a way to win the games. And uh, yeah, we landed in in Orlando or in. Uh, where was it? Flo- Daytona, somewhere in Florida. Daytona, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, we got to the lobby and we were follow- a bunch of people falling on our phones. And I remember, you know, they threw that last pass on fourth down. And everyone's looking, hoping for no flag, <laughs> yes. right? And, uh, yes. you know, no flags, no flags. That's kind of what everyone was saying. And uh, no, a great win. But like you said, they just they found a way to win it. And um, and that's what they've done. And and I think um, in the majority who it thinks it's, uh, we're going to get another one on Saturday. Hell, yeah. And I was going to say, I mean, as a UNLV alum, I mean – 
it makes me damn proud to have a football team that we can cheer for and that's successful. Yeah. I've got a lot of friends that went to a lot of different schools, and they're like, oh, college football Saturday, but now we can puff our chests out. Um, and so, yeah, props to Coach Barry Odom um, and the football team, and, and hopefully they go and they handle business against Boise State on Saturday. All right, that's noon Saturday at Allegiant Stadium. Fans, remember there's something additional beautiful happening in Las Vegas. Life in Summerlin, a premium master plan community designed to live as good as it looks. Find your new home at summerlin.com. Runner Rebels on the road next week at Dayton's. It'll be Wednesday, 6 o'clock Las Vegas time. We'll be on the air at uh, 5.30 Las Vegas time with Runner Rebel warm-up as the Rebels take on the preseason favorite in the Atlantic 10 Conference. Looking for payback as the Rebels beat them here last year at the Thomas & Mack. Tough one for the Rebels, but that's uh, next uh, next Wednesday at 6 o'clock. Next homish game is December 9th, Saturday, Loyola Marymount, right next door here over at the Dollar Loan Center Arena. That's going to do it for us here. I want to thank DeMond back in our Learfield studios, Matt Engineering alongside, and now for Curtis Terry, for Steve Cofield, and for the coach, Kevin Kruger, this is John Sandler saying thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Go Rebel football. Go Lady Rebels. Go Run It Rebels next week against Dayton. Have a great weekend, everybody. Live from the District Parkway Tavern, you've been listening to the Kevin Kruger Coaches Show, presented by Finlay Toyota. Also brought to you by Boyd Gaming. Experience life rewarded with Boyd Rewards. Proud sponsor of UNLV Athletics. And by Finlay Chevrolet. Finlay Chevrolet is your home of the Woo, located on the 215 Beltway between Rainbow and Jones. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation of the Rebel Sports Network. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.